You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another action-packed week here at the headquarters of Drone U. Coming to you from a snowy desert winter day, my name is Paul. My name is Rob, and uh, by the time we get out to go home this afternoon, it's probably, probably gonna, not going to be white anymore. <laughs> In fact, I don't know if you noticed, so we did a walk like we normally do before podcasting, and we do a couple laps. What is it, about a mile each? It's a mile each, yep. And did you notice the main path just across the street that's on dirt, that it was snow when we left and it was dirt when we came back? No, I didn't notice that. That's funny. (laughs) That's how fast it changes. Yeah. So what was that? I don't know. 30 minutes. Anyways, I'm Rob. And uh, as always, really, really uh, happy to be sitting here in this chair and hanging out with you. So thank you for hanging out with us. Definitely. And thank you for the questions that still come in. We definitely appreciate all those drone-based questions and definitely appreciate the entrepreneurial questions because... As many of you know, the entrepreneurial mindset is just so critical uh, for long-term success. And as many of you know, one of the things that I kind of harp on is entrepreneurialism and focusing on scalability. So, Mm. but anyway, today's question, um, we've got a really, really good one. And it is regarding this new executive order that just came down uh, the pipe last week. And a lot of people are wondering if this particular executive order has any legs to it since the administration has has transferred over to the new administration. So that being said, we've got a great question today. But before we get into today's question, we have got two pieces, two self-promoting Sorry, don't kill us. Uh, remember, <laughs> call it what it is. Yeah, we call it what it is. Look, this is our <laughs> opportunity to provide ad-free podcasting to you, and we would rather, sort of. yeah, we would rather go this route than have a bunch of advertisers that we don't believe in. So this is why we do this, and hopefully, it's an opportunity for you to support us while also investing in yourself. So. That being said, today's show is brought to you by our upcoming Mapping and Bootcamp class. This is the evening-based class. Yes, we already have an evening-based university-style drone mapping class going on right now. It's going on Tuesday and Thursday nights. But we're starting another one because the demand has been absolutely insane. So if you're ready to learn everything from drone mapping acquisition to drone mapping processing, delivery, pricing, and so much more, then it is time to sign up for our next virtual drone mapping class, which you can find on our website. Just go to thedroneu.com and look at events and you can sign up for that class. Again, this has been our most popular class in mapping. This format seems to be extremely popular as people get to slow things down. They get an opportunity to do their homework, go through an exercise maybe twice, maybe three times instead of just moving on from one exercise to the next. So that being said, it's a real opportunity to slow things down, retain more, learn more, and learn how to earn more. Join us, Drone U Mapping Bootcamp. 
our second sponsor for today. If you haven't noticed at Drone U, we have been kind of quiet. We've been quiet on social media. We've been quiet elsewhere. Why? It's not because we're trying to hide from anything, that's for sure. In fact, if you're like me, then you know from my social media that I often say ghost everyone and focus. And boy, do I mean it. That's what we have been doing. We've been ghosting everyone and focusing on a seamless, scalable means of training drone teams. That's right. With our new props program, we can help drone teams create reliable professional operators who consistently practice safety. This new style of training is a step-by-step, can't-mess-it-up, scenario-based quizzes to help you better understand how to navigate operations in the field. And how will you know if your drone pilots on your team are actually proficient, that they can handle the job, they can handle it even three, four months after their training, how do you know that they're going to be able to reliably perform the deliverable for you? to save you money, to make you money, and to limit liability. The props program is the most scalable means of ensuring that you can train your pilots for the deliverables that you need to create, and you can train numerous pilots all at once in a new engaging augmented reality-like environment. That said, check it out yourself, propsflightschool.com. Check it out, propsflightschool.com. For all of our enterprise users out there who have been, uh, you know, really saying, hey, when are you guys going to launch this thing? You know, you said you'd do it around this week. We said we'd do it around this week. I am working on that right now. But uh, Rob, I think this is our first official time of saying it together that this props is what we've been working on. By the way, when you become a props pilot, you are professional, reliable operator who practices safety. And the key point is practices, aka you are consistent, you are reliable, but you also understand the mindset to be successful over time. Right on. So for everyone who's uh, our client, yeah. So for everyone our clients who've been waiting, um, do know that we are starting to roll out the announcement of uh, onboarding clients. We have actually already onboarded clients before we started launching the program, which is just so awesome. Of how much this is resonating with drone programs and teams that they need this. Because here's what props does: it makes managing and training pilots and teams. It literally makes creating a drone team easy, simple, and manageable. It's props, propsflightschool.com. Yeah, just reach out to us if you have specific questions about it, because uh, many of you probably do. But let's get to the question. Yeah, sorry. With the Biden administration coming into power in the first 100 days, the latest executive order seeks to expand the Chinese drone ban. And I wonder what that means for all of these drone fleets that are doing inspections and surveys. Huh. Well, um, Sean, thank you for the question, number one. AskDroneU.com if you have a question just like Sean does, be it equipment, be it processes, be it starting your business, be it making your business run better, any of those kinds of things, we'd love to hear from you. There's room for your question, I assure you. So he didn't specifically state which executive order he was talking about, but I, I presume he's talking about the one that Trump put in like a few minutes before he rode off into the sunset. Uh, Very nice of him. Not. Anyways, um, I don't think, but I don't know. I'm going to look while maybe you address his question a little bit. I'm going to see if, I don't think uh, Biden's done anything along those lines with the myriad of executive orders he's now put out. 
So let's address that really fast. So the executive order, as we understand it, is the one that Rob is talking about, at least that I understand, which he issued on January 18th, stating an executive order on protecting the United States from certain unmanned aircraft systems. Now, to point out something really important that the question asker mentioned is, you know, he it sounds like he is really more worried about operations outside of government, whereas I think that the assumption was this particular executive order really focused on um, inhibiting uh, the purchase or use of particular aircraft with within government agencies. But there's something important to note because in this particular executive order, it does say, and I quote section four, quote unquote, restricting use of UAS on or over critical infrastructure or other sensitive sites. Within 270 days of this order, the administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration shall propose regulations pursuant to Section 2209 of the FAA Extension Safety and Security Act of 2016, which is Public Law 114-190. So a lot of people are wondering, with this executive order, which would essentially really inhibit the use of drones um <laughs> in a lot of places this is just more this is a lot more than government agencies this is also contractors doing again inspections over let's say critical infrastructure but a lot of people are wondering rob is this executive order actually going to be uh, I guess the word is followed through. It's going to be seen through. Yeah, or paid attention to. So a couple things. Um, one, I looked at all of the uh, executive orders that have come, 17 of them so far from Biden and nothing on drones. I think they're 90% related to COVID. But as I read this under the, the section one, the policy section, right? The first two paragraphs are kind of just blah, blah, blah. But the third paragraph is is the actual policy, and it says it's the policy of the United States. Therefore, did you you didn't read this part, did you? Mm. If so, because I was looking up, maybe nope. I missed it. <laughs> I'm so sorry if I did. Anyways, prevent the use of taxpayer dollars to procure UAS that present unacceptable risks and are manufactured by or contain software or critical electronic components from foreign adversaries, and to encourage the use of domestically produced UAS. And then they go on to talk a little bit more about that and fill in those holes, right? And so my question, though, is obviously it's not a Chinese drone ban. Nowhere in here does it say that. It could be Russia. It could be anywhere. It says very specifically, an adversary country means the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the People's Republic of China, the Russian Federation, or as determined by the Secretary of Commerce, any foreign nation, foreign area, or foreign non-government entity engaging in long-term patterns or serious instances of conduct significantly adverse to the nation or economic security of the United States, which I'm guessing would mean Section 6 countries as well. Yeah. Okay. So it, not section six to this, by the way. Right. So moving down, it is obviously very clear there. But but the point that I was going to make is that it's requiring the agencies, the head of executive departments and agencies, to review what they're using and then put a report out that says, yeah, we use these drones that set, that are subject to this. Right. Mm hmm. Is there any subjectivity in that process? <laughs> well, I think what you're also alluding to is the fact that, um, you know, we just had uh, 
questionably or not, I'm not going down that road, okay? Questionably or not, we just had a blue wave, okay? Mm-hmm. That being said, with a blue wave and a large, uh, and someone who grew up in D.C., a.k.a. myself, I understand that when we get a new um, administration, we get a whole new fleet of people entering D.C. to do government jobs. Like, it, it is, you know, that blue wave is, is uh, reminiscent of all of the blue people also moving into the D.C. suburbs right sure. about now. Yeah. And that said, I think that, you know, what you're kind of alluding to is with this blue wave of administration, is anyone actually going to give a damn that about this executive order? Are they actually going to stop procuring drones or using drones to file a report? And let, let's say they file the report. What are the what's the enforcement action of this? And I think also that question of is this executive order really a thing right now is even more relevant because, you know, when we went to uh, Drone XL and we went to Drone Life and we went to a couple of other um, sites who wrote articles about this, the links to the executive order linked to a 404 page. The executive order does not exist on whitehouse.gov anymore. And so, like, I understand why people would be like, okay, well, is there an executive order anymore? And then the question of laws of human nature with an, an extremely Democratic administration, does anyone care? Does anyone care? And is there going to be any enforcement for not caring? And I'm going to say laws of human nature. I don't think so. But I also understand that the laws of human nature cannot be used to make a decision here. I think what we need to do is address the Biden administration and ask them outright, is this something that is going to continue on or not? Because... Yes, and I want to talk about this as the next point. I want to talk about how American manufacturers are being propped up. But I think that this just really goes too far to really hurt programs that are already using drones. I mean, today is the anniversary of the Kobe crash. How did they figure out how Kobe crashed and what happened and who was really at fault and all that? Oh, yeah, the NTSB used a drone and did a map and figured things out. Okay, so... Why would we want to inhibit people who are trying to help safety, who are trying to do these things, not use these aircraft at all? This is a totally, and you know, we warned about this with remote ID, and we're so grateful that the FAA did not do this, but we're so glad that things were not painted with a wide brush, right? Yes, there are security problems. Yes, there are ways to solve it. It's not an absolute, they're the devil, don't use them, right? Like, it's not, it's... (laughs) just so stupid. I'm sorry, but I absolutes are, um, I have to make sure that in the rest of my life, Rob, I have to not use absolutes because it's so easy to use absolutes and it's so easy to make absolute assumptions, Mm -hmm. but rarely is it ever absolute. That being said, Rob, I mean, it makes sense to me if it's hard to find the executive order, we've got a blue wave administration. Do you think Biden will come out and say this executive order is not something that we are going to enforce or write an executive order to remove it? Or does this thing just play out and all of the heads of agencies just say, yeah, yeah, yeah we're not doing that? Yeah, that, that's the question. And I have no idea. But I'm I mean, I would think that something this theoretically anyways, and I, I think it goes beyond the theory, but this importance would be bipartisan. I mean, we do still have a couple of bipartisan issues out there, right? I hope, I think. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder nowadays. But I would think if it's as serious as this makes it sound or we've been made to believe over the past several months and years that, or a few years, several months, that it is this dire, 
that it wouldn't matter that there's a new administration. But I'm also wondering about just the way that it's written. It seems to give autonomy to the executive department of and, and agency heads to do their own assessment of the drones that they're using and determine whether or not they fit this bill or not, or the, the bill I use generally, meaning executive order. So that's really what I'm getting at. Or is this, and, and I got to be honest, I'm not real familiar with how these are typically written and then how they're, they manifest based on the way they're written, how they're interpreted. Meaning, are they generally <sighs> written this general? I don't know. And so I'm just, I'm kind of curious about all those things. And ultimately I'm curious about what you're saying as well. And that is, does the current administration care and do the new people that are coming into these departments care um, about this? And, and I think it's safe to say that Biden is more um, friendly to China in general than Trump is or was. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, at least, I mean, if you disagree with that, obviously let us know, but I don't let us know. Anyway, keep going. Well, I was, I was just about to say, I think it would be actually hard to make that argument, but <laughs> you're welcome to try. <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's, uh, it is America. Mm. So anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Paul. I think um, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with this. And I guess uh, we don't want to just wait and see. Maybe it's time to be proactive, like you're saying, and, and reach out to some folks in the administration as, as high as we can get and figure out. Where are we at with this? Yeah, I mean, because this is a pretty broad stroking executive order eliminating the use of drones made in China, a.k.a. like DJI. It says if if the drone is manufactured in whole or in part by an entity domiciled in an adversary country, uses critical... Uh, electronic components installed in flight controllers, ground control system processors, radios, digital transmission devices, cameras, gimbals, in whole or in part in an adversary country. Uses operating software, including cell phone or tablet applications, but not a cell phone or tablet operating systems developed in or in whole in part by an entity domiciled in an adversary country. And it also says, and here's the big one, because this would hurt Autel as well, uses network connectivity or data storage located outside the United States or administered by an entity domiciled in an adversary country. So that's actually a lot of uh, manufacturers involved in the drone industry, and it's probably not even fair to say Autel. In fact, just forget the fact that I said that. This could really affect, I mean, if you even think about, you know, Skydio, there are Chinese parts in that drone. I know I've taken it apart. But so. are they the critical functioning parts? Um, I mean, actually, based off of what I just read, as far as flight controllers, ground control system processors, hmm. cameras or gimbals. Cameras. Jeez. Okay. Cameras or gimbals. That covers just about everybody except for Sony. So, <laughs> uh, so that's important to think about. Um, so, I mean, as far as cameras or gimbals, gimbals includes motors. So what dif- deviates or differentiates a motor used in a gimbal from a motor used in an, uh, uh, with a propeller? Yeah. So, I mean, I, this is Crazy. pretty pretty broad stroke. Yeah, no, for sure. So here's the good news. Good news. For our, for our um, lovely American-based manufacturers that we're all pulling for, Section 5 talks about the budget and that all agencies shall consider the replacement of covered UAS to be a priority when developing their budget. And the director of OMB shall work with the heads of all agencies to identify possible sources of funding 
to replace all of these UAS. Wow. So they're essentially saying everyone who's flying drones right now, you better budget to buy a new one this year. That, wow, that could be really good for so, drone you. Hey, guys. Drone you, you got to get trained. You got to get trained. Or, hey, FEMA uh, did just say, too, uh, you know, whenever you spend money on equipment, you should spend at least double on training. So, just saying. I mean, you're, not an official statement by FEMA. Especially since these drones cost a bit more than DJI drones, you don't want to crash them. Uh, I mean, you don't want to crash any drone. But these in particular, when I say these, I'm talking about some of these uh, American-based manufacturer drones. So Watts Innovation, some of those things. Yeah, Sensefly, you know. All that stuff. You know, it's really interesting that you say that because a couple years ago, we predicted that the American government would, the only way that a manufacturer would be able to compete with DJI is essentially if a government entity somehow changed the environment of uh, competitiveness, right? And we talked about how they would have to either through uh, the DARPA program or whatnot, mm -hmm. essentially build up these startup companies to build aircraft. But that said, is there really an American manufacturer who has been able to successfully build an aircraft and scale that aircraft to the mass market? Seriously, because, right, we've got all these- The answer to date is no. Well, I would I would argue- Mass market? You can argue mm -hmm. that? Okay, I wanna well, hear this. Well, is the Alta mass market? Would you argue Alta's mass market? Because I would say it's mass market in the film industry. Okay, so then we got to define mass market if you want to go there. So I was going to make the argument that in with all of these American drones, I really haven't seen anyone come to mass market and be successful. 3DR tried, 3DR failed. Uh, Skydio has tried. I'm not sure that it, you can paint the picture as successful right now when there's still yet, months and months and months behind orders. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we don't want Skydio to succeed. We do want Skydio to succeed. We just also like people who smile. That said, Yikes. it's <laughs> important to note <laughs> that there are really only two manufacturers. Actually, I would say eh, I would say two that are proven that have built American manufactured drones that have sold them at scale and that have also recently stated they are are building an American drone and oh yeah, it's actually to market. So who am I talking about here? The people who have successfully built drones at scale, maybe not mass scale, or maybe we need to define that, is number one, FreeFly, right? FreeFly Systems. They've been around a very long time. They were building gimbals before DJI. So you need to give them some credit. And I got to say, um, their CEO, man, I know a lot of people say that I look like him, which is kind of funny because he looks like he's at least a foot taller than me. But uh, he he brings me such joy when I watch their videos at FreeFly and the excitement. I mean, it makes me just so happy seeing what they're doing and being successful. The other team, American manufacturer who has actually brought what they said that they were going to bring to market is Watts Innovations. Bobby Watts said, I'm going to deliver in January. A lot of companies said that they were going to deliver in January. Where's the new Skydio X2? Where is the new, uh, what is it, Golden Eagle? Where is the new Sony drone? Where is the new, uh, like all these drones that have been promised to us? Is the Golden Eagle not that distributed? I, uh, I can't find where to buy it, but maybe oh. that's just my lack of knowing where to buy it. And I also, in all fairness, haven't reached out directly to the company. And that is a company that I want to partner with. So um, they're doing good things. They are. They are. That said, it looks like the only American company that can compete is not American. 
It looks like the only company that's actually going to use this wave of political power to actually build a company that's really, really producing at scale is Sony. And I actually, I left out Easy Ariel because I know Peter's listening to this podcast and I just was hoping that he would call me and be like, you didn't mention Easy Ariel as a successful manufacturer. Well, you just did. Yeah, there are three. Um, and Easy Ariel- <laughs> They're Ari doing cool stuff too. Actually, I, th I think you could argue that Easy Ariel is doing more in revenue and sales than the other two companies combined. Um, I have no idea, but I trust you. I, yeah, that said, there are three successful people, but I really think, once again, that there's no one who's able to produce for the mass market. And that's why I come back to Sony. They're the only ones positioned to actually take advantage of this. Well, in this article that we just came up with um, to kind of prepare a little bit for this podcast, it mentions, I think this was a, as of 2019, DJI had a 77% market share here. Yeah. 77%, right? The next closest was Intel. At 3.7%. And they're gone now. So, to I mean, that's a high bar. That's a really high bar. And so the question asker says, what's going to happen to all the drone fleets? Think about how many fleets of drones we're talking about there. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just another, maybe, maybe Trump's whole thing there was to uh, give a boon to the economy. <laughs> because that's a lot of money to be spent on new drones. If, in fact, they're going to have to replace all of the 77% of market. You know what's really interesting as I sit Those here. Those numbers don't work because that includes consumer drones, et cetera, but work with me. Sorry, go ahead. As he's something I just sit here and think about, and maybe again, the whole blue wave solves this issue, but is the extreme budget shortfall by all these states. And we also know where do they pull money from first in budgeting? Oh, yeah, law enforcement, public safety, unfortunately, but it's true. Okay. That's. Hopefully not in Portland, but anyways, go ahead. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. Sorry. Oh, geez. <laughs> go ahead. Staying out. Okay. So that, that said, that said, oh, Rob, I, I really want to do a politics show. Oh, geez. Anyway, that being said, um, I really want to ask the Biden administration. So, Biden administration, can you please uh, let let it be clear to the drone industry and all the government agencies who are utilizing these aircraft right now to do things like search and rescue, to do things like accident investigation. Can you please clarify whether this executive order is actually enforceable or not? Because it's not on whitehouse.gov anymore. The only place that we can find it is archives.gov and Trump's new uh White House page. White House page, yeah, which is, uh, I'm not going down that path. Um, long story short is, there is a good question because this is a very broad stroking executive order that could really hurt a lot of people. Honestly, though, getting new equipment, that's awesome. But what equipment do we buy and where do we get it from? That's the question. I don't know. Hopefully there then, are answers soon. And then the next question is, if we look at some of the drones that are available on the market right now, like the uh, Evo 2, right? Evo 2 Dual. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Impossible Aerospace, if they're still around. Um, I hope they're still around. Uh, that being said, based off the executive order and having transmission to different countries and data storage in different countries and all this other stuff, what drones actually fit the bill? And now let's level that question up one more time, right? Because we've got a lot of manufacturers coming on with drones and trying to do their very best way of 
uh, coming up with their way of flying drones. Once again, I'll use the example of Skydio, but they're also not asking the objective question of if you're putting a flight controller as priority in charge of the pilot, is the pilot really able to be ultimately responsible? And the answer is no. Okay. Any practical human being would be like, no. And that said, when we think about these manufacturers who are really hitting the wild, wild west, I would argue, don't forget all of the things that DJI did well. Don't forget all of the things that pilots requested in the last couple years that DJI put into their aircraft, right? Like pretty much rescinding every flight controller uh, setup on all the enterprise drones and changing that back to have an attitude mode because they understood the importance of safety. And so I say that because there are existing drones right now that might be able to fit within this executive order. Are they truly safe though? Mm, I would argue that. And I would argue that across the whole spectrum, not a particular manufacturer. That being said, Rob, we've really gone off a tangent on whether this executive order is still viable or not. And the fact that it was deleted off the internet in pretty much every place other than two instances, um, the government archives and Trump's archives, I don't really know if it exists. When I reached out to a couple of our industry partners to you know, say, hey, what does this mean? It means we have to file a bunch of reports that no one wants to do and we're not really sure if anyone cares about it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what. So I guess because it's uh, kind of the last point I'll make, I think we probably need to end this show. But within 270 days, the administrator, blah, 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 proposed that's regulation. So they only had 60 days, according to this executive order, to prepare these reports and submit them. Wow. Within 60 days, the heads of all agencies shall submit a report, blah, 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 blah. So we'll see. We need to we should put that on the calendar. Let's see if, because I would, well, I don't know if those would be public record or not, those reports, but I'd be really curious to see, number one, if those reports are actually done, and number two, if they are, what do they say? We need to file a FOIA for the day after. Like, yeah. literally just have it, yeah, I need more, I need to go back to school to learn how to create my own algorithms, because you could create an entire business without people and make billions of dollars, so... <laughs> well then, this is our last podcast. Goodbye. Because we're going to do that, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I just keep thinking about that. I'm just like, I can make an algorithm to out-trade someone else because they're human. I could make an algorithm to outdo someone on this. Like, But then I'm like, I don't know how to build an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but you could learn. It's just quant. It is. Oh, yeah. I'm right on that. <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell, uh, Biden administration, look, whether you voted for him or not, that is irrelevant. But what we need is communication and clarity on whether this executive order is valid or not. And the last thing that I will say, something that I was taught in D.C., and this really may upset people on both sides of the political spectrum, which I'll make a point to in a second. But that being said, one thing that I learned living and growing up in D.C. is country over party, country over party. While that's also the most difficult environment ever for that to be set in right now. I would also say that don't forget the left wing and the right wing are a part of the same bird. Don't be fooled. I like that. Goodbye. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers 
who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.